couple months ago, we had a men's retreat, and uh, during that men's retreat, the theme of the men's retreat was Jesus has left the building. And uh, as I began to prepare for that uh, theme, there were so many things that, uh, you know, I thought that, that were really valuable things that we ought to comp- uh, consider and contemplate as Christians. And so um, I said at the time that the guys that were at the retreat would probably hear this information a second time. Uh, and that's what's going to happen Today, this morning and this evening. I want to share with you all uh, not everybody was able to be at that men's retreat, but I want to share with you some of the thoughts and ideas behind the theme this year, because I think the, that if we are to be a, a church that impacts this community and be successful in what God has called us to do, we, we need to be a church that leaves the building. Uh, I, I shared this in 1992. Uh, no, excuse me, 1972. My family... Uh, drove over to Columbus, Ohio, and attended the uh, Ohio State Fair. The reason we went is because the Osmond brothers were there. My sister was 14 years old, and she had posters of Donny Osmond all over the wall. And, uh, you know, the Osmonds were cool. And with uh, risk of losing my man card, Though I can say, yeah, as my sister, I liked them too. I hate to, you know, I did. Uh, you know, Puppy Love and, uh, you know, Go Away Little Girl. Man, how can you not like those songs? But anyway, um, so we went to the, the Osmond concert and, and we're watching, you know, the Osmonds. And I'll never forget my parents and this family in front of us that we didn't even know. They began pulling cotton swabs and passing it around, and they were every all the adults were putting cotton swabs in their ears. <clears throat> but um, when the concert was over, you know, they came back out and they played another song, and and then they would leave, and everybody would scream more, and they would come back out and play again, and and finally though they left, and then just a couple minutes later. The announcer got on the PA system and said, the Osmonds have left the building. Um, The point of that was to say, quit screaming, disperse, you know, go your way. Uh, Of course, my experience wasn't with Elvis. That's the one we all know. Elvis has left the building. And the same reason that it was said is, you know, it's for the same reason. It's time to leave. Uh, You're here. He's gone. You need to go, too. Well, with that phrase as maybe the the foundational jumping off point uh, for this series of lessons, I want us to consider that. Jesus has left the building. I'm not saying by that, and somebody took me to task when they saw that we were doing this theme, and they said, hey, what's wrong with going to church? What's wrong with meeting in in the building? Jesus tells us, commands us to meet in the building. Well, of course he does. I'm not at all suggesting that Jesus isn't here with us today. Of course he is. We gather together today to meet the Lord. And we, when we are assembled together as his church, we assemble to meet him and to fellowship and commune with him and, and give praise to him. We sing a song um, sometimes um, that says, this is holy ground. We're standing on holy ground. I love the words to that song. It's a beautiful song. And then a a follow-up song 
you know, in the songbooks on the very next page uh, that is often sung in conjunction with it um, about we're standing as presence. Um, that's true. I'm not denying that. But here's what I'm affirming. I'm affirming that when you leave here tomorrow morning and you wake up and the alarm clock goes off and you put your feet on the floor, you're standing on holy ground. And when you slide in under your desk at work or wherever it may be, you're standing on holy ground. Jesus leaves the building and we must leave with him and take Jesus wherever we go. This place isn't hallowed just because it is the church building. Everywhere we go in life should be hallowed. It's set apart uh, for God's use and we in his service. That's what I'm affirming. I'm affirming that we need to leave the building. Uh, The call comes out at the end of today, and and we're told Jesus has left the building. Are we just going to stay huddled for the rest of the week right here and, and not go out and mix and mingle in the world because we feel safe and secure here? Or will we leave the building too? It's a time, and there comes a time, to meet together. There is a corporate worship that God calls us to do that we're not to forsake. But there is also a call, an announcement, to leave the building. Uh, Follow Jesus and leave. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. Uh, I think that there are times when God leaves the building. Uh, Sometimes it's because of anger. Did you know in Psalm chapter uh, 78, uh, about verse uh, 56 beginning, going through verse 61... The children of Israel were sinning. They, they, there was sin in the camp. They weren't behaving themselves. They had erected high places. They were offering worship to false gods. And God had enough. And you know what he did? He left the building, the tabernacle. They would come to worship there, but he wasn't there to receive their worship. He left. Sometimes God leaves because of sin and because of... Um, you know, his unwillingness to to put up with what we offer. That's one of the reasons God leaves. Another reason he leaves is because of mission. Do you remember in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, the Bible says Jesus came, and get this, to seek and save the lost. You've got to leave to seek. Have you ever played hide and seek with your children and kind of pulled a fast one on them? All right, you guys go hide, and, and uh, I'll come and look for you. Have you ever forgotten about the looking part? You know, your children are off hiding in a closet somewhere, and you're enjoying a conversation with somebody, and, and you don't, oh, yeah, I've got to go look for them. Um, some, you can't seek if you don't leave. And Jesus left heaven to seek. And save the lost. So the mission of Jesus is another reason why God sometimes gets up and leaves. Because there's a mission to perform. The the lost need to be sought after. And I want us to consider or maybe reconsider our view of the church. Because I think sometimes people see church as this institution and everything Christian and religious is summed up in a building. 
And Christianity is so much more than that. Church is so much more than that. The problem with a lot of people today and the problem they have with the church today is that they see it as an institution. And I've always gotten really defensive about that because I don't like, of course it's an institution. What else do you think it is? Institution just means an organization. It, it's structured. Uh, we're not just running around doing everything. I mean, we have structure to us. We have organization that God has given us. What's the big deal with institution? Uh, I always got a little defensive when I heard that. But I know what they mean by that. The church is institutional. They see the church as being cold. They see it as being sterile. They see it as being uninterested in the needs and, and the plight of man. They see the church as uh, lacking compassion and uh, an unwillingness to engage culture. It, it's just that structure over there. It could become all those things if we never leave the building. You see, we can be situated in this community, and if we never get outside the walls, what are we? What good do we do? If we never engage our culture, if we never engage the people that live in Knoxville, then we are just an institution, a building where people huddle together. We don't show compassion. We don't reach out. We don't try to solve problems and needs of of people. And that's the hang-up that a lot of people have with church. They see us as never leaving the building. And they may be right in some, to some extent. There may be people who are Christians who have never left the building. Jesus is gone. He's gone out to minister to the world, but, but his church may not have gone. And that's what we need to consider this morning. Um, there's a guy by the name of Jefferson Bethke. He did a video on YouTube. Uh, if a guy just, you know, up and does a video on YouTube, how many hits does he get? You know, his friends and his family and, you know, a few other people, they may like it and so forth. Uh, this guy has gotten 25 million views to his video. You know what his video is entitled? Why I Hate Religion But Love Jesus. 25 million views. And what he does is he overstates his case. He says religion is institutional. Jesus is relational. Institutional, or the church is just, you know, about rules and regulations, and Jesus was about relationships and touching people where they live and reaching out to people, and, and religion is, is stuffy and uncompassionate, and, and Jesus was compassionate and common. And he goes through all that, and, you know, again, there's a side of me that says, no, there is such a thing as pure religion. Religion, Jesus, James chapter 1 and verse 21 talks about pure and undefiled religion. So religion isn't a bad word. Institution isn't a bad word. But when the world sees religion, and when they see Christianity, and when they see church as nothing more than an institution, 
we have problems. And what causes people to view the church as just an institution is when we elevate the church and when we never leave it. We we practice our Christianity right here. We hang on for six more days and we come back and we practice it here again. If that's our Christianity, we haven't left the building. We need to get out and leave the building. Um, Assimilation is not the goal of Christianity. The mission of this church is not to go out and assimilate people in here and, and have just more numbers. The church is not the end. Jesus is the end of our mission. Jesus is the end, not the church. Jesus is our Savior, not the church. Listen, folks, the church doesn't save anybody. The church is the saved by Jesus Christ. My goal is not to perpetuate and and to elevate the church above Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. And so the goal is not just to bring people in this building and and, uh, to huddle. The church is to bring people to Jesus, and they sustain a relationship to him through the church. But the church isn't their savior so let's look at a couple things. Here's what I want to do. Two more things, and then the lesson will be yours. I want to talk about why we need to, you know, there, there is this movement that's called the emerging church movement, and they've got a whole lot of things wrong about them, but they do have some things that are right. The part that's wrong is, that, again, they've, they've taken this, you know, extreme uh, positions because there are those that are so hung up on, being right, and they're not showing any compassion, they're not getting outside of their own little circle of friends and reaching out to the community, Uh, we're going to swing way over here, and man, we are going to be missing. We we are going to go out and and reach people and and in urban settings, and we're going to show kindness and compassion. We're going to be all over Oklahoma uh, you know, reaching out and meeting people's needs, but, you know, truth kind of, you know, rules, doctrine, that, that's not going to be all that important to us. Well, it needs to be. Um, these who hold to doctrine but don't minister have some fixing to do. And those who minister and don't have doctrine have some fixing to do. We need to emerge We need to leave the building, but with the Word of God. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 45, you know, here's Joseph. He has this dream. He has two dreams that tell him that he's going to be placed in a a position of prominence above his brothers, even though he's younger than nearly all of his brothers. He's the one that they all will bow down to. What do you do with a dream like that? Do you go tell, uh, uh, I'm, I'm talking, excuse me, I, I, I think I said Joseph. I hope I did. I don't know if I said Joseph or Moses, but I was talking about Joseph. But Joseph has this dream. Does he tell his brothers? Or do you just keep quiet with information like that? Well, he emerged. 
he, he said, listen, this is the deal. This is the vision I've been given. And it created a lot of hardship for him. He was sold by his brothers into slavery. He's put in prison. All these things happened to him. He's falsely accused of his reputation was damaged. All these things happened to him. But he says it all in the end works out for good because I was put into a position here by God. You meant it to me for evil, but God meant it to me for good. And because I had the courage to speak up and tell my dream to begin with, it all worked out to where I am now, and that's exactly where I need to be. But it took courage. You come to Moses in Exodus chapter three and or chapter two and chapter three and chapter four, and Moses has this vision by God, a burning bush, and he's spoken to and he's told to go, um, you know, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses, what, what, what's he do? Does he go home? Does he tell anybody? Does he have the courage to go to, to the Pharaoh and say, let my people go? Does he have courage to go to the children of Israel and say, hey, I, I need to meet with your elders. Um, I'm Moses. You know, I, I'm the guy that ran away 40 years ago. I killed an Egyptian. But I had this vision in the desert, and, and this bush was burning, but it wasn't consumed. And, and he told me to come and to talk to you. I'm supposed to be your leader now. And, and so here's the way it's going to work. Does he have this meeting with these Elders of Israel, do you think they're going to just accept what he has to say? Risky. But he emerged, and look at what resulted. He led the children of Israel out of bondage to become God's people and to serve him and to possess eventually the promised land. And then there's Jesus. He's in heaven. He's rich. And he gave up his riches, and he gave up his position in heaven, and he took upon himself the position, the lowliness of a servant. He became poor so that we might become rich. He left heaven and came and lived among us and died for us. You see, they all left. And it required for them to leave in order to be in the place where God needed them to be. Joseph had to leave. Moses had to leave. Jesus had to leave. And they did. And it wasn't easy. It involved sacrifice. But here's the point. When will we leave? Jesus has left the building. Will we follow him? Will we leave the building? Will we mingle in our communities? Will we reach out and make all ground holy ground? Or will this just be our sacred place where we do religion? Or do we do religion on Monday through Saturday, wherever we are? Do we make that our holy ground? I had a man, we were standing in the foyer it was shortly after I'd graduated from college, and we were watching out the back door as, as um, cars just, we were right on the street, car after car after car was driving by, it was church time, and somebody lamented the fact that all these people were so busy with so many places to go, and none of them are going to church. And I'll never forget, one of the men there said, hey, listen, as far as I'm concerned, They know this church building's here. They know our doors are unlocked. If they want to be saved, they can come. 
it just gives me, you know, chills to, to think back to that man saying that. That is so wrong-headed. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. The Great Commission is not tell, put a sign out so everybody knows when you open up. The Great Commission is go, seek, and save the lost. That's what we need to be about. We've got to leave the building. We can't just exist. We can't be God's point of contact with this community if we all just huddle and, and do nothing more than that. We have to leave. Challenges to leaving the building? Let me give you a few. One is fear. You know why we don't leave the building like we should? Why we kind of just tuck our Christianity away until next Sunday? Because it's scary. Because when I go out in the marketplace, there are people that have different ideas. They're, they're not on the same page as me. When I engage people about my faith, their faith may be different. They may not have any faith at all. And so now I'm put in a position where I'm defending myself and I, I have to do some thinking. You know, in John chapter 20, after Jesus <clears throat> had died, his disciples were all gathered up in the room because they were afraid. They were all assembled together, but the reason was because they were scared. Well, we go out talking about Jesus, man, what are they going to do to us? I saw what they did to him. They wouldn't leave because they were afraid. They were gathered together because they were afraid. We can't let that be us. We've got to take this out of the building. Another reason is, well, just because of consequences. Listen, Matthew chapter 25. I know this is not all-inclusive, but the difference between heaven and hell for people in Matthew 25 is how they ministered to people. Do you remember some of the things that he said? The reason I invite you in is because when I was hungry, you fed me. And when I was sick, you, you visited me. And when I was in prison, you came to see me. That's messy stuff. You mean I've got to tend to the sick and to the imprisoned? And, you know, those that are doing without... Do you know how much time... Do you know how, like, they can latch on to you and pull you down? Do, do you know what it means to reach out to people who are, are broken and have trouble in their life? Do you, do you understand that it's not just saying the right thing and then they just snap to it? It's, it's a process of nurturing and mentoring, and, and it demands a lot of time and energy and sometimes even money. And, man, I don't know if I'm up for all that. I'm, I'm busy. I've got work. I've got my family. I've got... It's those people that Jesus says makes the difference between heaven and hell. Would you minister to those who are sick? Did you minister to those who are poor, to those who are hungry, to those who are imprisoned? If you did, you were doing it to the Lord. You see, one of the reasons I think we don't get as involved and leave the building is because what that means. It's going to impact my schedule. It's going to impact my free time. It's going to impact um, maybe my pocketbook. Don't let consequences keep you from being a disciple of Jesus and from leaving the building. 
Another reason why we don't leave the building is just simply because of a lack of faith. We, we, we kind of have gotten used to Christianity being this every Sunday. This is Christianity right here. We're experiencing Christianity. And we are, but not all of it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13 says, I believe, therefore I speak. When we believe, we're going to have to leave the building. When we really believe that Jesus said those people who are living down the street and who are getting their boats ready right now to go out on the lake or, or they're getting their barbecue ready and, and they have no interest in what's taking place. It, it, when we really believe that God says they're lost, we're going to have to leave the building and we're going to have to go talk to people. People have to become our mission because if you really believe that, you can't just stand back and watch it happen. You can't allow people to go to judgment unprepared. Not if you really believe. Maybe one of the reasons we don't leave the building is because we have come to accept this and we haven't really believed what the message of God says. And then here's, here's a final thing. Maybe we don't leave because we lack vision. We don't see. We don't recognize the opportunities. Um, You know, in in the Old Testament, those 12 spies were sent into the promised land. Ten of them came back and said, oh, no, 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 no. I don't know what's going on, but we, we can't go up against them. They're giants. They have fortified cities. Man, I'm telling you, we are grasshoppers in their sights. We cannot do this. And then there's Joshua and Caleb saying, oh, yes, we can. God's with us. The same God who parted the Red Sea just a little bit ago, he's the one who's going to fight for us. We can do it. Don't say no. Don't be faithless and believe. Because of the, the lack of faith, the lack of vision, because they only saw giants, and Joshua and Caleb saw God, made all the difference in the world. What do we see? When we look at the world, do we get overwhelmed? Oh, what, what, what can we do? I mean, look at our society. How far down can we go? I mean, when's it going to end? Every day we hear of another, you know, inroad of immorality, and we're just shocked every day. Can you believe where we are now and where we would have been 50 years ago? I mean, we just keep going farther and farther and farther. Do we feel like giving up? Do do we think there's no hope? Well, what's the sense in trying? We better just huddle here together and, and practice our faith where we can do it with people who believe like we believe. Do you not believe in the power of God? Do you not have the vision to see that God can change hearts of men and women, even still today in cultures that in other ages, other times have been far worse than the culture we live in? God is powerful. Don't lack the vision. Don't think that what you have to say in the gospel of Christ doesn't have the power to change people. It does. God is powerful. So here's the mission. Let's leave the building. In just a few minutes, we're going to be finished worshiping, and and we need to leave the building. 
not just leave the building and tuck our Christianity in our pocket or put it in our purse and we come back and pull it out again next week. We leave the building with an agenda, with a mission. Let's follow Jesus and leave the building and take Jesus with us. That's what the church should be. We're not just an institution. We are a living body. The the point of contact that Jesus has with people today. See, there was a time when he could walk around and he could touch people and he could speak to people and he could heal people and help them and, and lift them up and minister to them. He could do it with his own hands. He's gone. He can't do that anymore. Oh, but he can through his body, the church. We now are his voice and his hands and we have his feet to take his saving message to people no matter where they are. Let's leave the building. If you're here this morning, you're not yet a child of God, why don't you obey the gospel? Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you have not done that and you believe, then be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and he'll keep his promise. If you're a child of God already but unfaithful and you need the prayers of your brethren, maybe you have not left the building. Maybe you have just kind of been in the huddle and you want prayers for strength to go out to leave the building and to take the message of Jesus with you. We'll pray with you to that end if you'll come as we stand together and sing.